Holy Spirit come by means of a powerful procession the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness on high. Therefore, put on the armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day. <clears throat> These words would fittingly describe our times in which we live. And <clears throat> however, we have confidence in God that God is able to bring good out of any evil that comes into the world. In fact, God sometimes directly intervenes in the world through miracles. Sometimes he does this through the intercession of saints on earth, sometimes those in heaven. The greatest of our intercessors in heaven, of course, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And this past Friday, the church celebrated the great feast of the Holy Rosary, Our Lady of the Rosary, which was inaugurated in thanksgiving for Our Lady's heavenly intercession after the faithful prayed the Rosary back in 1571. The story is both beautiful and inspiring, and I'll relate it here. The year was 1571. The Ottoman Turks, followers of Mohammed, launched a huge naval attack on the Adriatic Sea with the hope of crushing Christian Europe and converting it to their heretical faith of Islam. A little background, Suleiman the Magnificent, the Muslim Sultan who had ruled in Constantinople, the Ottoman Empire, for five decades in the middle 1500s, had achieved great success in his battles throughout the Middle East and North Africa and parts of Eastern Europe. And he dreamed of conquering Rome and turning St. Peter's Basilica into a mosque, as the Muslims had done in Constantinople the century before with the great church of Hagia Sophia, the church of holy wisdom. Suleiman was enraged, in fact, that his Turks had suffered a humiliating defeat in 1565 in the great battle of the island of Malta, in which the Christian knights of St. John valiantly defended only 700 of them that island and defeated an, an overwhelming Turkish army of 40,000. I hope that Mel Gibson or someone will make a movie about this someday. Well, in 1570, Suleiman died and his son, Selim II, invaded Cyprus. After surrendering under terms, the Christians who had Venetian soldiers there, um, they were put to death, slaughtered, along with 20,000 others in the capital city of Nicosia. 2,000 of the children, handsome boys and pretty girls, were sold off to be sex slaves in Constantinople. Pope Pius V, Saint Pius V, he's a saint, seeing the impending danger, on March 7, 1571, at the church of Santa Maria Sopra Minerva in Rome, where the relics of St. Catherine of Siena are, as well as Blessed Fra Angelico. He organized a holy league 
a league of Christian nation states, Genoa, Venice, the Papal States, and France, to combat the Muslim Turks with their fleet of ships. And he chose an Austrian, a young man 24 years of age, Don Juan, who was the illegitimate son of the emperor, Charles V, and who since his childhood had a great devotion to the Blessed Virgin, he was chosen by the Pope to lead the Christian forces. St. Pius V met with him, and looking him right in the eye, he said, the Turks, swollen by their victories, wish to take on our fleet, and God, I have the pious presentiment, will give us victory. Go and seek them out. Well, at the end of September, the Christian fleet under Don Juan sailed to the Adriatic off the coast, the west coast of Greece, and he gave every man in his fleet a rosary. On October 6th, the eve of the battle, they all knelt on the decks of their ships and prayed the rosary. Back in Italy, at the urging of Pope St. Pius V, people filled the churches and prayed the rosary. At dawn, on October 7, 1571, some of his other military leaders urged Don Juan not to engage in the battle because the wind was against them, but he said, no, we're going out today. And as they saw the much larger Turkish fleet approaching with yells and screams, they frightened them. He suddenly, our lady intervened, and the wind changed 180 degrees. People witnessed this. And the Christian fleet soundly defeated the Turks in what some consider to be one of the greatest naval battles of all history, the Battle of Ponto. Back in Rome, at the very time the Christian fleet was routing the Turks, Pope St. Pius V was in a meeting with his cardinals, and suddenly he looked out the window and must have seen some type of an apparition by Our Lady, because he turned back to his cardinals and he said, let us set aside business and fall on our knees in thanksgiving to God, for he has given our fleet a great victory. And in thanksgiving for this victory, St. Pius V instituted the feast of Our Lady of Victory. That title was changed by a later pope to Our Lady of the Rosary to recognize the part that praying the rosary played in the victory. <clears throat> This past Friday, October 7th, marked the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary and the end of the 54-day Rosary Novena, or Crusade, that Cardinal Raymond Burke asked us to pray for the good of our country. I put this in the bulletin, I made announcements about this. Cardinal Burke, former Bishop of the Cross, Wisconsin, and head of the Apostolic Signatura, the Supreme Court of the Church, initiated the Rosary Crusade because he realizes, as I'm sure many of us here today do, that we live in very precarious times in our nation's history. A certain presidential candidate of a certain political party has boldly and shockingly claimed that if churches do not agree that women's reproductive rights include the killing of unborn children through abortion, they will just have to change their doctrine. Now, those words should send a shiver down our spines. Okay. But you may say the Supreme Court will never allow that because that's a violation of religious freedom. Ha! Well, wake up and smell the gunpowder, 
folks. The Supreme Court has already taken away the rights of states and citizens within states to outlaw abortion and to prohibit same-sex marriage. And a certain political party is committed to appointing Supreme Court justices and other federal court judges who will have the power to decide whether the government may force churches and religious institutions to pay for abortion, contraception, and abortifacient drugs. Those in the fields of medicine and pharmacy may very well be forced to go along with these evils or be forced out of their professions. Lawyers and judges may lose the right to practice their professions for not going along with same-sex marriage. In fact, this is already happening. If you saw in the news, Roy Moore, the Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, was just forced off the bench, the bench for this very reason. And I can see the day when young men and women will not be given law degrees unless they get on the gay marriage bandwagon. Public school administrators and teachers throughout our land are being forced to embrace a false gender ideology, for example, allowing biological males and females who identify with the opposite sex to use bathrooms and showers of the opposite sex or else lose their jobs. In case you haven't heard, it's happening right here in Kenosha. And these orders are coming right from the White House. As followers of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> I don't see how we, in good conscience, can vote for any candidate from any political party who promotes the killing of unborn children and the redefinition of the meaning of marriage, or anyone who wants to take away our religious liberty, destroy our churches, and recreate society in their own image. This is not just unconstitutional. It is political and judicial tyranny, and it is downright diabolical. For those who promote such evil agenda and who try to force their immorality on others should never be elected to public office. Rather, they should be locked up because they pose a danger to the common good of everyone in society. Now, as Catholics, we can disagree over how to best care for those who are destitute in our society, how to control illegal immigration, or how to balance our nation's budget and bring economic prosperity. Our Catholic Church teaching allows for different approaches to address these issues, and we're free to disagree on the means to achieving a good end. This is not so when it comes to issues like marriage, the right to life, and religious freedom. Let us turn to Our Lady in this month of October, which is the month of the Rosary. Let us pray that Rosary, asking the Blessed Virgin to watch over and protect our land, that it may return to its roots of Christian morality and the basic principles upon which our nation was founded. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 